Welcome to season two of the Pines and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. This show understands that there is quite a bit of diversity amongst the body of Christ. So we operate according to the motto that certain things are fixed, like the essentials of faith, and the best beer is served on tap, while everything else is just a matter of perspective. Holla back, young and whoop, whoop. Holla back, young and whoop, whoop. It's your boys. Here we are. It's the middle of November, and we're ready to drink some more beer. We have not changed clothes in a month. Almost. This is week three. We have not changed clothes. Well, so what are you drinking? Also, oh, wait. Um, sorry. Go ahead. Special episode. Since you've just spoiled on us, we might also note that um, it's noon on a Wednesday. Yo. We are three beers in or about to be. Good God. Uh, we'll see. No promises on how good this Help episode us, is. Lord. No, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's a little one-off episode, uh, so stick around. But what are you drinking? Uh, we yeah. got some unique beer going on right now. It's November, um, and I don't know if you go, 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 are... Go, 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 go. If you're a listener around Houston, then you're quite familiar that November is a good time of year. Eh, H um, We Houston is a great city for beer. I mean, it's just we have great good breweries. Point. Good point. And one of the best beers is voted beer of the year. Oh, I know where you're punk. going with this. I know where you're going with this. The Pumpkinator by St. Arnold. They have two, the regular one and the barrel-aged one. The barrel-aged one is fire, I have to say. Well, yeah. Which is strange for me to say because I don't really love barrel aged beer, uh, which is so strange for me as a whiskey person to say. But it's just not. I don't really. I don't want them crossing like. I that. I just don't like pumpkin flavored beers. It's fair. It's fair. There but, is one. There is one from Firestone where they. Uh, it's unique every single year. What's it called? It's called pumpkin something, and they uh, roast pumpkin rind and they put that in. Oh, that's their adjunct. Yeah, and so Ooh, it is a pumpkin beer, yum. but it doesn't taste like pumpkin. It actually tastes like this toasted, yeah, uh, like um, nutty, that, caramely. That thing. would be good. That that's so true. The way in which punk, pumpkin, okay, yeah, yeah. So let me talk about that. Okay, yeah, talk about so, your beer. Yeah, I have Holiday Brewing Company's uh, pumpkin ale. They come out a dime a dozen around Thanksgiving, Holiday November. Brewing Company, where are they? Um, Holiday, Holiday Brewing is Colorado. in Colorado. Uh, yeah, Golden Colorado. Golden Colorado. Um, pumpkin ales come a dime a dozen. The reason that you love that one is because that exists a truth that exists for anything. Great ingredients make good product. Okay, Papa John's. Um, that's because they really use they use real, real pumpkin, pumpkin. rind. This is not most that. of these beers, and I don't know about this one specifically. I've never had it. We're going to see. Um, I don't need to explain to you what a pumpkin beer tastes like. We've had them a dime a dozen. Pumpkin spice lattes, you know, they're all the same. But the pumpkin in them is like a pumpkin puree right. mass produced. Right, And right, so right, right. it's extracted a lot of flavors. It's right. artificially flavored. You're getting roasted pumpkin rind, which is getting fire flavors. Yeah. It's caramelization flavors. Well, and because they do it by hand, it tastes different every single year. Well, and because they're literally burning the sugar and caramelizing right, it. Right, right. You're getting a caramel note connected with the malt, depending on how they pair that. Yeah, that sounds great. These, they're all a dime a dozen. <laughs> this also says gluten-free. So that's interesting. Yeah, how can beer be gluten-free? It's guess it's made out of pumpkin and not wheat. Good luck, bro. Good luck. Okay. Well, actually, wait. That that helps my point. No, it says it has buckwheat. Is no. buckwheat not gluten? Comment below. Like, subscribe, share, and is buckwheat gluten-free? Buckwheat has to be gluten. Bro, wrong. it's wheat. 
guy. I have no clue. Google it. I'll oh. Google this while okay, you talk. This boy, this boy, this boy, this beer is from Southern Star Brewing Company in Conroe, Texas. Oh. Shout out. Southern Star is a Texas brewery that's been around for quite some time. They make really good stuff. This is the Metzli pecan stout it's got some like aztec things going on it uh what would you find out buckwheat is gluten-free hey, despite below. its name buckwheat is gluten-free so it's getting close to thanksgiving he's having a pumpkin beer i'm having a pecan beer i don't really like pumpkin stuff very much but i love a pecan pie holla at me uh so this is a pecan stout from conroe it is uh 12 fluid ounces in a can and five percent alcohol by volume malt beverage uh independent craft yeah so that is all i know about it so far uh okay so first off this is the first time i've ever been able to get one of these labels off i'll peel mine off uh, every time lame well f you too then <laughs> <laughs> but um it is truly gluten-free um good but it got cinnamon and nutmeg and allspice and ginger and clove. It and might all. be amazing. It, you might have your. We bought a C. Yeah. Uh, holiday. Holiday. Oh, you're right. Holiday. I've had some of their stuff before. Um, their IPAs are great. Um, I judge everybody by their IPAs. I've had their IPA. Yeah. I, I think this is the first time I've ever had something of them that's not an IPA. Gotcha. So we'll see. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, Lord. God, layers everywhere. I guess I was shaking it up. Dead. Oh. Smells like pumpkin in a can. Holy shit. Is it good? Is it good? Does it taste like Christmas? Does it taste like Thanksgiving? Uh, it definitely tastes like Thanksgiving. I don't taste like Christmas, but I don't associate pumpkin with Christmas. I got you. Um, the pecan porter, it's okay. I'm gonna give it. Oh, you never gave the other beer a rating. Um, I'm gonna give. It was so good. The I'm gonna give this. So yeah, it was amazing. I'm gonna give this a. I look. I appreciate it. First of all, I'm not a porter. I mean, a stout guy. I'm not a stout. I've, I've Do you like milk stouts? Do you like the Guinness Extra Stout? I've homebrewed stouts. I have tried a thousand stouts. Um, I they generally are too uh, heavy, mm. too thick, and um, sometimes it's like you're drinking all your calories. Yeah, yeah and sometimes yeah. they can be a little bit. Um, like, if they're not malty enough, they can be a little too bitter for me, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if bitter is the right word because it's not a hops thing. But anyways, that's kind of what's going on here. It's very heavy, um, low ABV, so I'm not getting, like, I want to, I want if it's going to be heavy, I want it to be boozy, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, you want it to be hot. But it's not. Yeah. And so. What is the ABV on it? It's five. Oh, yeah. No. Five. A stout that's five? Five, exactly. That should be against the law. That's what I'm saying. So it's a little lacking. Who made that? Uh, Southern Star. Southern so they're Star. probably most famous. You've probably had their uh, bottled blonde or uh, bombshell. Bo uh, blonde yeah, bombshell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde bombshell. Blonde bombshell. Blonde bombshell. Yeah, so, my sister likes that beer. It's it, okay. It um, kind of sucks. Uh, so I'm going to give it a four. Yeah. I, I think stout drinkers might give it like a seven, but I'm not a stout drinker. Yeah. Um, mine, 
Unfortunately, sorry, Holiday Lee, you're not getting a great score. Oh, man, you went from, like, good to... Man, it's the same complaint I have with the first beer I had. It's no body. Like, it's no very body. little body. It's because it's gluten-free. It, yeah, it, like, it waters down. It has the viscosity of water again. Yeah, it, it has flavor great note. flavor. Yeah, that's the thing. They get you with the flavor notes. It's like they have to, because the gluten-free thing is But here's the deal. Here's why you need body, though. Mm-hmm. Because if you get people with flavor, that's great. But body carries flavor. Sure, sure, sure. Flavor hits you on the front, but body carries it. Sure. And so if you have no body to carry that flavor through the rest of your palate, it dies. Yeah, it's, it's dead. It's, it's just not. And what's the alcohol? Six percent, not much. It's not hot at all. Yeah. Um. I hate this. I. <laughs> uh, no, I hate that I'm about to give it a bad score. I was so hopeful. Um. Yeah, I think it's like a five six for me. Oh, it's not well, that's, great. I thought you were about to go much lower. No, no, no. Well, because the flavor really is great. It just dies. It just it does not carry. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, it. It had so much potential. Holla Daily, I appreciate the attempt. Put the gluten back. Put the gluten back. Well, you know, some people can't have gluten, so. Well, you know, maybe, maybe, um, you know, keep this one, but make one with gluten because it'll be significantly better. Don't apologize. Do better. (laughs) Yes. Attaboy, Nick Rios. Shout out. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I messaged Cullen the other day and I was like, hey, and this series about death and purgatory and um, paradise and punishment and. Uh, the PPP loan. Um, we, <laughs> the PPP loan. I, I was like, we should bring, we should talk about suicide because he's like, well, why do you want to talk about suicide? So no, specifically he was like, we should talk about in suicide this in this series. And right. I was like, well, why? Cause that like, there's a lot of theology that's built off suicide. Right. And so why do you specifically want to talk about suicide in this series? Yeah. Because, um, growing up evangelical, there was always this like, you know, there was always these like theological debates that you would have that were a little edgy, right? Like, is it okay to listen to secular music or, you know, um, well, especially as we got over the age of 21, like, ooh, we're very devout lovers of Jesus, but yeah. we also drink beer on Fridays. You know what yeah. I mean? I and, remember you, yeah, to be fair, dad, I know you're listening. Hey. Uh, I will never forget, you were the first Christian I met that was like, man, F all these people that don't drink. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad influence. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, <laughs> and so you helped me like, get to a point where I can start drinking. And it's fine because now my parents drink. But I remember my mother. I was having a conversation with my mother. She's not okay with that. And she I'm goes, sorry, I repent. She, and I told her, I was like, Mom, like we were having a conversation, whatever. She found out I'd been drinking or whatever. And I was like, she was like, have you been drinking? I was like, yeah, I drink. And she goes, is that because... Adam drinks. Oh no! <laughs> I repent. I am the. She I loves the you cause. now. It's fine. I'm it's the fine. cause. Anyways, um, go ahead. Well, Rebel Christian drinking. Well, so there are all, always these like little theological ideas, like ooh, like what is what is the unfru- well, the unpardonable sin or blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. So one of those things was what happens if you commit suicide. Yeah, for right? sure. It's a and question. Um, because some Christian traditions, their theology holds that if you commit suicide that's the unforgivable sin why and you wait wait well stop why well because i think there's different versions of the why no there's only one 
No, there are not. This belief only came from Catholicism, and there's only one. Okay, why don't you start with the first one then? Because you can't, you can't confess your sin. Okay, because you so, murdered, and you can't, you can't do confession. Right, it's a legalism. Right, right, right. So some people also tie it to a destruction of the image of God, like a willing destruction of the image of God. But so, but the Catholic David did doctrine, that. I hear you, but the Catholic doctrine, you're right, is about um, last rites. There's another word for that. Well, last rites is what happens on your deathbed. Gotcha. But there's another word for it: unction, holy unction. Yeah, yeah, holy you unction. You can't yes. receive. You can't. Is that right? You can't you, receive holy unction because you commit murder when you kill a human, and now you're dead, so you can't be forgiven for it. Well, it actually it's because you can't receive your last rites. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, you holy can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because what what ideally happens in the Catholic tradition is you get baptized. Mm-hmm. And baptize, like baptism is this seal of your salvation. And it's like, it's almost like, I wish my friend Jake Porter was here. Jake so, Porter. I'm, so that, yeah. I'm drinking it. Oh, uh, it's a stout, not a porter. Sorry. Jake, uh, Adam knows Jake. I wish my friend Jake Porter was here. He's like an attachment theory expert. And he talks about attachment as like, you're forming and breaking attachment from the minute you come out of the womb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. in the same way, we're always forming and breaking attachment. And it often feels that way with Catholicism because like you're, you're forming that attachment at baptism, Mm -hmm. but you're immediately breaking it the minute you walk up those church doors Mm. because like you're going to cross the road, curse somebody out. You're going to tell somebody to F off. You're going to lie to somebody. You're going to do something, right? So you're constantly forming and breaking this attachment. And so you go through this life and you're constantly forming and breaking this attachment with the church, the bride of Christ, right? Because the church is the bride of Christ. And so in order for you to be the bride of Christ, you have to be connected to the church. And so the way in which you do that is you continue through confession and going to mass and taking communion, doing doing your penance, saying your Hail Marys, you know, doing all your shit. And then you get to your last rites and your last rites is like the seal of your baptism over again, right before you die that ensures that you go into paradise. Right, right, right. Yeah. And so if you commit suicide, you don't get the opportunity for holy unction or last rites. And so it, then you fuck shit up for you. Yeah. And so there are other people who aren't Catholic who also believe this, like this is it's they're in the evangelical world that if you commit suicide, Similar concept without all the, um, the uh, legalism and well, mind. Yeah. Policy, loopholes. right? Yeah. The policies. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so there's a better word for that. The bureaucracy. The bureaucracy. Of it yeah. all, that if you kill yourself, then you are violating like God's will. Cause he's the one who gives you life. You're created in his image or they, mm-hmm. but they would say him. Um, they would say him. You're right. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you're you're created in his image. It's his, he gave you life, so it's his will for you to live, and so you are rejecting God's will for your life, um, and his creation, and his image. If you commit suicide, so what's interesting about all that is, like, there is always this fear, anxiety, but also like a real preventative barrier to the idea of suicide because I was like, well, if I did it, not that I was ever suicidal. I don't mean to, this is tricky waters because neither one of us are a trained like psychologist or mental health professional. But what I always thought about suicide, like if, if I ever did it or if I ever knew anyone who did it, which we all know someone who's done it, that I was like, maybe you burn an eternal conscious torment forever for doing that. And so you end up in these situations where you're at the funeral 
for your high school acquaintance who shot themselves in the head and you're 16 years old and you're sitting there listening to some preacher talk about how incredible this person was and how tragic their loss was, which is all true, but you have this horrific theological debate running underneath all of it that's well but i guess now god is tormenting them forever you want to talk about a horrific theological debate going underneath it all the semester before i graduate hbu Mm. i graduate hbu spring of 2016 may of 2016 with two degrees undergraduate and my master's degree wow sorry the december before that the December before that, a guy that I went through most of my time at HBU. Yes. Yeah. Not um, most of my time, but I knew the guy. I, I didn't know where you were going with this. I know now. Yeah. Graduate or was about to graduate. About to graduate. He finished all his classes. He had best friend that he lived with for three years. Brilliant he had a dude. girlfriend he had for two years. Intelligent dude. Adam and I both, you know, very intelligent we people. We were in the classroom with him. We, we... And we're outspoken people. We excel in any classroom we get into. And this dude always met us where we were. He is a brilliant dude. Yeah, very, very intelligent person. Three days, or sorry, six days before graduation, yeah. he went, applied to buy a firearm, waited the three days, went and picked up his firearm from Academy. Yep. Walk straight to an iconic bridge on on campus, HCU's campus. HCU, yes, yeah. we'll have it another podcast to, yeah. about that. HBU now HCU, it's <laughs> it's a sham. Whatever, but walk to an iconic bridge on HCU's campus called the Friendship Bridge. Yeah, and shot himself. Killed himself right there. And he's a philosophy major. Yep, I'll never forget. You want to talk about an existential crisis? He had a job lined up. Right. He had a girlfriend he was getting ready to propose to. Right. Yeah, his best friend. He was an intelligent guy. He was about to go start teaching at a, a highly prestigious classical school. Um, killed himself on yeah. the friendship bridge. That blew my damn mind. Uh, I literally felt like I went through an existential crisis. And then when I went through my divorce, I was suicidal. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget a night. I was so drunk. <laughs> so drunk. Uh, I was staying at my parents' house because I was... It was rough times. It was rough times. Very rough times. I'll never forget. Yeah, this is one of the times where I think you saved my life. Uh, yeah, very rough times. And I was so drunk. Um, I drank an entire 750 of yeah, whiskey. I, I remember you telling me. <laughs> and I just remember I was on my parents' couch. And I was just bawling my eyes out. Like, can't do this anymore. If I if I live another day, I've either got to kill him or kill myself. Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah. And I was like, and I can't, I can't kill him, so I've got to go. And my mother woke me up the next morning hmm. and was like, hey, you either got to quit drinking yeah. or I'm having you committed. So I quit drinking. You were a danger to uh, yourself. I was. I, well, and to others. And to others. That, that is that's absolutely right. were, the time. I was so harmed that I was a danger to myself and others. That is absolutely the moment where you should be able to intervene. In that moment, I'm not going to lie. I questioned whether or not if I killed myself. Yeah. If I was. Yeah. Like if that disqualified me from heaven somehow. Yeah. It is a very real, like, trauma and, 
like uncertainty that Western Christians have. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be that way. It, well, it shouldn't. Right. Exactly. But, because but it's very real because our entire conception of is this right or is this wrong is based on a theological doctrine that, that somebody made up that may or may not be real and, yeah. and, and doesn't take into consideration professional mental health, uh, re, you know, science and realities yeah. and like, right. It's like we're trained in our churches to avoid the uh, avoid the devil and don't kill yourself because you'll go to hell but nobody ever trains us in you know how to care for someone how to care for our best friend who's suicidal because he just got divorced you know what i'm saying like yeah yeah, yeah. Or, or or how to like you thought oh god i might burn an eternal conscious torment not my life is worth something and this is a mental health yeah. crisis that i need uh, maybe medication to help well, me with it's a terrible feeling when you look at yourself and go, I'm a liability rather than a value. Sheesh, yeah. Um, and because I do think, you know, I'm pretty open about this. I live a lot of my life saying that I'm trying to fight against the worst parts of myself. Yeah. Because I've seen them. Yeah. yeah. It's like, damn, when you've seen the worst parts of yourself and yeah. know they're down there. Yeah. You're like, hell, yeah, I spend a lot of my time trying not to let that rise sure. up. Sure. Um, and to be in that situation... And feel like you're an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. And there's absolutely no way that God could love you. Yeah. Um, because of these things you've done and those kinds of things. And then you get to this point where you're like, well, you know what? I am a, like, I am a harm. Clearly, I'm a harm, right? I was in the middle of a divorce. There's always two sides to every story. I definitely feel like I was harmed in my divorce, right? My ex-wife cheated on me. I definitely feel like I was harmed in my divorce. But. Definitely. I also feel like I caused harm. Well, right, like I was a workaholic. To, to tango. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was a workaholic. I left her emotionally, right, like sure. vulnerable. Like, yeah, all of those things. Like, so I own my shit for sure. But when you're at that point where you're like, yeah, I'm just a damage. Mm. Surely, God can't love me. Like this, this, this is the Platonism coming out, right? Yeah. Surely, this supreme idealization I have of goodness. Yeah can't think that what i am is acceptable right and especially if you were in such your lowest place that you want to kill yourself well especially if you've been fed a theology your entire life that your god is actually pretty mean and exclusive and will send you to eternal conscious and, torment and that that is a god you should be right might i say shall be sure afraid of right oh yeah you better fear him yeah yeah because it is about this holiness, it is about this power, it is about doing the things that God has commanded you to do. All of this is language of power. Yeah. It, oh, yeah. Unhealthy power dynamics that are Which, just rooted in fear. Did you see any of that in Jesus? No, exactly. Oh, so why did we build our theology? Exactly. On? That's what I'm saying. So, so here's the deal, because we're up against it on time, but... First of all, I don't think, I don't, again, I'm not a trained professional, and so maybe I'm wrong here, but I don't, I don't personally think that everyone who commits suicide had a conscious, rational, stable choice. I, like, Oh my God, I guarantee you, if, someone, if I would have killed myself yeah. and someone would have said that that was a rational, conscious decision, I would laugh at them. Right, exactly. Anyone that says that has never been suicidal. Right. It is not rational. So that's you the don't, deal. You so don't not, rationalize that I'm sitting here thinking about killing myself right. while my fucking mother right. is in front of me going, 
you're valuable. You're worth it. Right. I love you. Please don't kill yourself. Like it is not rational. Right. So suicide. So suicide. You like if, if your only thoughts on suicide are, well, if you do it, you're going to go to hell. That yeah. makes it 100% your choice and your fault. Of course. And you're not in a place no. where you're making good choices no. that you should be eternally uh, uh, punished for. The last thing I want to say is um, I if 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 you are suicidal or if you've ever struggled with suicide, please get help. Yeah, that's the sure. other thing. Because you know, maybe this conversation is triggering to some, and so um, I also think you're not gonna go to hell. <laughs> I don't think you're going to hell if you kill yourself. Well, I mean, somebody that kills himself might go to hell, but <laughs> but know? not because of <laughs> right. You're not going to hell because you killed yourself. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast, hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.